When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coffee and Cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. So far, he had 11 points in 13 minutes the other night in his return as Aikens hits the three. With Aikens and Hall out there, this is a different Spartans team. No, there's no doubt about it. Top of the hour no on doubt about and Cream it. in the morning. <laughs> no doubt about it. It is. I, I like no Bar- doubt about I, it. I like Bardo, though. People give him a hard time. He went through a stretch one time where he always he would Kugler say, was great. He, I mean, I mean, he goes, is great, that goes but with, like, that he was great on the call. Say. He's probably the one guy that I'll always say good things about, even though he gives me a ridiculously hard time. He's just really, really good at his mm-hmm. job. Yeah. Coffee and cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency, live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club. And uh, we are still navigating through some issues uh, getting us on 590. Not sure if we're officially on yet or not. Uh, good thing, we did, good thing we did all those tests yesterday. Yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, if you, if you can't if you can't enjoy, if you the can't process, have fun, man. yeah, find a find a new place. <laughs> there it is. Uh, also on fourteen eighty ESPN Ooh, Lincoln live on guy. YouTube, live on Twitter. Hit us up at the show at H Varsity Radio on Twitter. But for now, uh, let's head into our next guest or our first guest, I should say, of Wednesday morning. Brian Christofferson, senior writer for Husker twenty four seven dot com. Brian, good morning. Good morning, guys. Um, I'm a walking tech technical difficulty, so I'll I'll fit in. <laughs> yeah. BC, we tested. If you only knew, like you, I you just look at me and shake your head because normally I lose my mind, but I'm to the point now where you ever done? Something, he doesn't have his mind anymore. You just you sometimes you just you just chuckle. It's just it's just gonna be one of those things, man. But how was your holiday? Are you feeling refreshed, recharged? Well, like how are you feeling? Uh, we had a pipe burst in our uh, basement oh. on Christmas uh, That's what you at, want. at 2 a.m., so uh, our basement flooded. So that was how my holidays went. Hey, so <laughs> BC, not to, as we're like laughing, not to make light though, BC, but was the insurance game pretty good? We're we're working it out still. Uh, it's a it's a everybody's got problems. It seems like right mm-hmm. now, so uh, we're in we're in line. But hopefully, we'll get it handled. But uh, yeah, so that was uh, that was an interesting Christmas and New Year's for us. Yeah, my sister and brother in law were in the same boat. Pipers in the basement. Yeah, yeah. We um, had had our all of our doors open, and I thought there was like poltergeist, but it was done so the pipes would have less of a chance to freeze. I'd never heard of that before. Interesting. But in the basement, I don't think that's an option. I think it just is what mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. Right? 
BC, surprised. Most folks had it crystal balled. I think people thought Nation was going to be part of Husker Nation. Cam was a fantastic recruiting story. I'll let you kind of reset that one. Good day for Nebraska all in all, though, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. It's a top 25 class now um, for Nebraska football. Um, And if you had told me a month or so ago they were going to be in the top 25, I would have said you're nuts. I thought they were going to be maybe top 50 at best. Cam Lenhart is a a real good story. He played about every position in the front seven uh, coming up through high school. He played at powerhouse programs in New Jersey and IMG Academy. So he's a pretty seasoned guy with, I think, a really – a really great upside and uh as people know he committed to nebraska back to the with the old staff had to kind of reconsider which is a fair move considering the circumstances uh but this staff did a good job i think uh selling what they're about selling their vision making him believe in it and uh i think nebraska quickly uh surfaced as his best option again so that's a real nice get he's a composite four-star guy and Ethan Nation's just a guy I like his personality. He's one of those dudes who's like, hey, we have some underrated, under-the-radar players in this class, uh, but it's a good group, and I want to be a part of it. We're going to make a run and win this conference at some point and get to the playoffs. He's one of those kind of guys who dreams big, so I think Husker fans are going to like him. Take this conversation one step further for me, Brian, and touch on who you think uh, the Huskers should be tracking down uh, whether it's an actual player or, or position-wise, is there a hole on this roster that you see that still still needs to be filled? You could take that about three or four different spots, but I'll bring up tight end. Um, it's a different position than it's been the last four to five years. There's no Jack Stoll. There's no Austin Allen. There's no Travis Volkalik. You don't have that senior guy who you're just like, okay, we're good at 1A at that position, and then you can build around it. Um, now, obviously, there's excitement to see if Thomas Fedone can get healthy and have a good offseason. Nate Borkercher is a walk-on that the other staff liked, and maybe he can be important for you. Uh, but I think that's a spot you kick the tires on anybody who's in the portal that, that looks like they can help and maybe try to add a veteran guy. So tight end's a spot that – pops to my mind first but you could really go to wide receiver and and still find another guy or two they could use um i just think there's going to still be a lot of comings and goings um through after spring with this roster uh the secondary right now with ethan nation joining it it's got a ton of guys but there's going to be some players who probably aren't here post spring so um it's going to be pretty interesting to watch still how this transpires but tight ends a spot where I you definitely say it's more of a question mark than it has been in years past but that's the way it goes sort of too when you're on square one of building a program as this staff is it's going to be that way at a lot of positions. BC I was kind of walking through last segment with with Fields and Rogers and and Lennart and Prince and Wallen and Judy and Van Poppel and Jackson and Noonan they quietly kind of rebuilt this deal right and that's just the that's just the that's the non-defensive backs group. And you said something about Cam that kind of – it was where I was going with the, all those different body types. You said, Cam, you know, he's played all along that defensive line at the high school level. He's got a ton of versatility. He's seasoned. I'm looking at all these different t- body types in these guys. 
they appear to have a ton of versatility and what they can do with some of these guys. How fine a line is it for you be to be versatile but know who you want to be on defense? Yeah, that's a good question. For those of us who love labels, uh, it's going to be tricky with this staff. <laughs> I don't think they're just going to put guys in a box or anything like that for us. So uh, we're going to have to figure it out as we go. But, I mean, that's been their M.O. I think if you go back and look at what they did at Temple and Baylor, uh, they were willing to move guys around and, uh, you know, switch them even from year to year. Um, so I think there's going to be some guys who you don't know exactly what spot they're in or where they fit in Tony White's defense right now, but that's what spring football is for, and that's what, uh, you know, fall camp is to kind of see, okay, this guy can specialize in this. Um, he's got this skill set, which will translate to these type of scenarios. And uh, we're going to have a lot of options. And if uh, you also look at Matt Rule's background, he plays a lot of guys on defense. So he's he's going to have, I think, uh, and I he's going to hope to build up uh, a system of guys who you can plug them into different scenarios, and they can really be effective in those specific, uh, you know, spots. Maybe certain down and distance situations, things like that. So. Um, what they've done with the guys and the type of guys they have um, and their versatility, it doesn't surprise me because it's what they've always done at their previous two spots. They've been exactly who we thought they would be, I think, in that way, recruiting-wise, and I suspect they're just going to continue that way. We're speaking with Brian Christofferson, senior writer for Husker247.com. Brian, Adam Rittenberg of ESPN uh, put together a really good article uh, the other day handing out final grades for all 29 first-year college football coaches. And, uh, you know, we were talking to Mike Huguenin yesterday, and we obviously were talking about college football playoff and and TCU and the work that Sonny Dykes has done at TCU. Um, Kalen DeBoer. And and Kalen DeBoer is another one. Uh, There's a ton of other names out there on that list of 29, but he handed out a lot more A grades than he thought he would coming into this season. Going into next season, though, we we always talk about expectation level for Matt Rule and uh, the expectation for the time it takes to turn around a program, that's obviously not the way Matt Rule's built in one year to do that. And, and, and there's no reason to think that it's now one year to turn around a program. But would you say it puts added pressure on Matt Rule to succeed earlier rather than later, just based on what we're seeing right now in the sport? Yeah, I don't know, maybe. Um, I, it does feel like the timeline is been moved up on when you're expected to have success as a head coach guys aren't going to get the runway they used to uh but matt rule's going to have some time with this i mean he has a he has a deep contract and if you look at his track record again at the places he's been year one has been about putting those building blocks in place and that didn't always happen with wins right away uh, but he he got young players on the field who who grew and by the end of that year they were in position where you felt like next year they're going to make a big step, and they did in both his previous stops. So I'm not saying that he's going to go 1-11 and or 2-10 and at Nebraska like he sort of did at Temple Baylor those first years. Uh, but I do think we have to have some level of patience, and uh, hopefully at this time next year, whatever their record is, I think the most important thing is, are we talking about some young players who we saw them get better from the first part of September to the end of November 
and they're starting to play in key roles and you feel like, okay, they've got some guys that are going to stick in this program a while and they are going to be the nucleus for the next two years or so, even in this portal age, and um, you're going to build off that. I think that's the biggest thing of all more than wins and losses. It's if you feel like you've got that group of players who um, has bonded into what is going on in this program and wants to stick around. And uh, we always heard Scott Frost talk about get old, stay old. It was tough to do, and it is tough to do. But I think that's something you still aim for. And we'll see if uh, rural staff can start to get that going with some of these young recruits where they stick around a while now and they just develop and, and want to stay here. Ah, uh, you just lobbed me a softball, BC, because I've talked to you since 12 or 13. We've been doing this, and I'm inside the numbers. And I said, and I've always said, as you know, freshmen need to supplement, not supplant. You need your, your meat and potatoes have got to be your redshirt mm-hmm. sophomores and juniors in this league. Nebraska with 13 seniors, 22 juniors, 22 sophomores, 13 redshirt freshmen, 22 freshmen. Those numbers for me appear to be almost right, moving in the right direction. You'd like the redshirt freshman to be a little higher, obviously, but you're starting to get balance. Can you get inside the numbers like I'm trying to do without making any <laughs> sweeping generalizations? Because I do think you need to get old and stay old to be able to win in this conference. Yeah, I get what you're saying, Damon. I think they have been trending toward that, and now it's a matter of can this staff, not only with the guys they just recruited, but with some of the guys who are in like their second or third year, can they make those players really believe and they're here the next two two to three years, and in two years we're talking about them as seniors and this is a veteran squad and a real uh, you know tough assignment for teams to deal with. I'm talking about guys like, you know, Javen Wright and guys like that who have been around two or three years who you kind of think are on the cusp of being very important. They haven't been quite that yet, but they can be. They've played some college football, but not a ton of college football. And now this next year, you get them a little bit more. And um, and then by 2024, I'm not dismissing what can happen this next fall, but by 2024, you do have kind of a veteran squad, even though it's only year two of Matt Rule. I do think that's a possibility if you look inside the numbers of this roster and if they don't have a mass exodus of guys um, post-spring with the transfer portal. I do think some will leave, of course, but as long as you keep the guys you really need uh, that have been around two or three years, this can be a team that becomes a veteran squad um, within a couple of years. And that, and that's, I think, where some hope can lie for Husker fans. It's it's interesting you say that real quick because I'm just kind of in my head going through some of the body types, right, as these juniors that can be older, right? you got Javen Wright and Isaac Gifford and, and, and Snodgrass, and depending on what Henrich does, you got Hutmaker and Ty Robinson. Your offensive line is Benhart, Corcoran, Norelli, and Ethan Piper, those are juniors, right? Like you, that's something if you're kind of trying to get inside in terms of development, that's got to get you a little excited, at least for me, because that core group, a lot of those guys have contributed. Yeah, and it's also why I was talking earlier about we have to be patient with this next season 
you know, and I know Rule has had these years where he's won one or two games his first season at places while he's built. I think this team and the roster, as you kind of look inside of it a bit more, is more equipped to, to be, you know, a team that can challenge for a bowl game or something like that. I don't want to get too out in front talking about uh, next fall already. Uh, but there are enough guys who have played some college football that there is a foundation you can build if you can get those guys on the same page as your coaching staff and you can go out of spring where you really feel like, okay, we know this staff is holding the same rope and we believe that, but are the players now holding that like the staff is and they really have confidence in each other and vice versa? I think that's going to be uh, a huge deal. And the guys you mentioned, the specific players, your Ty Robinsons, your J- Javen Wrights, uh, you know, young Malcolm Hartzog, who's not going to be young anymore or considered that by us. Those are the guys you really want to see buy in and become leaders in a hurry with this uh, with this staff and then feed those young guys. And then uh, the, you build a cycle and that continues uh, year after year where um, there's an expectation from the veterans to the young guys. And then those young guys become old and they they feed that to the next generation generation or next group that's coming in this kind of snuck up on me but I remember when coach rule said this remember drew down when he said yeah I'm not kind of I'm not buying into this us often this poor offensive line talk we're going to be a good offensive line and that that caught everybody off guard right and and he keeps Donnie mm-hmm. Rayola and, and I think a lot of those guys wanted coach Rayola so you know I'm riding with what the players feel is good and I'm looking at the names Right, so you got Ben Scott, you got Piper, Norelli Corcoran, Ben Hart, Prohaska coming back, Henry Lutoski. Who knows what you're going to get out of Justin Evans Jenkins as just a young guy. But those are seven, eight names right there where if they're, if they're better than they were a year ago, am I crazy to think you should feel good about that group? Is that a stretch? Because when I look at it on paper, that's a lot of mass and a lot of experience. I don't know. I like glass half full people, Damon. I mean, I, I like people that can look, look at it and say, like, yeah, there can be positivity here. And I think that's how you have to look at it as a staff. And that's how Matt Rule is looking at it with that group of guys. Having New Illy back is going to be huge. I mean, Nuri was one of their most consistent guys in uh, 21. I get my years confused at this point. But in 21, when he was playing, he was one of their better guys in the front five. So having him back on the interior, I think, will be big. And if Teddy Prohaska can have a season where he goes into it and you feel like he fully recovered and got some good practice time, he's got a, he's got a great skill set and a lot of potential at that tackle spot. We haven't seen him be able to take on a full season with good health yet, so that's the main thing there. Um, if there is a silver lining to the injury he suffered last year, I was a little worried about his previous setback from 21 still. And so I think it has allowed him time to recover from both injuries. And hopefully he comes back and uh, is pretty motivated and you get a lot out of him. If, and if you do, you are feeling a lot better right there about your O-line. If you got your left tackle handled and Nuri's there and then Ben Scott, that's three out of the five spots right there. And, and that's seven to make five. Right, I, I think in this day and age yeah. of such shoddy offensive line play in college football, I that doesn't give me the willies. I, I could kind of rest in that a little bit, and I don't think that's being a homer. 
No, it's not. I mean, it, there, there's possibilities there. And Piper, despite them struggling up front last fall, hey, I he think got Piper better. individually got he, better. He got better. Yeah. I'm with you. He got better. So, I mean, he's a guy that whether he starts or not, let them sort that out, but he can be in your rotation. And uh, that's what we always talk about around here, and it, it sort of ends up fantasy land of, like, they're actually going to have seven or eight guys. But that I think you shoot for that. I mean, you hope you have that. And guys like Piper and uh, getting Ben Scott was huge, by the way. I mean, you got a guy who has center experience. You can put him in where Hickson was. You don't have to fool around a, a, yeah. all off season trying to figure out who your center is. That right there should give a, a lot more peace of mind to that coaching staff, at least going into spring. BC, I've got one last thing for you. That's just me, DB, fire away after this. But you guys are talking a lot about experience, both offensively and defensively. And it gets me thinking of how you can keep building toward that experience. And a big name that started to hit the transfer portal yesterday was Javante Jean-Baptiste out of Ohio State and how there was previous connection to Nebraska. Uh, Is that a name? Is that a guy that you think that Nebraska could go after? Or do you think that should just – be avoided as of right now yeah I'd, I'd kick the tires on it and see where you get with it I mean he he's been brought up because he really was leaning Nebraska at one point in his recruitment out of high school so you've got a guy who's already familiar with what the program's about sure it's a new staff he would have to get to know and all that and see if he fits but I think with Nebraska football you're not going to have to do a lot of convincing to a prospect like that about what that program means and what, how he could, uh, how he could fit here. So um, I think he's an intriguing guy to at least look at and I'll, I'll leave it there for now. I mean, it's up to coaches to decide if his personality or whatever fits in with what you've got going. You always got to weigh that with portal guys. But as far as a guy who came out of high school with a tremendous amount of talent, and obviously has been in a big program, I'd take a look at him. Um, but I also think we need to be careful to not always get caught up in when there's a guy from Ohio State mm-hmm. or Alabama or somebody who's in the portal. Sometimes we act like, okay, you got to get that guy. It hasn't always worked out with those players either. So um, I, I don't think we should just act like it's a slam dunker layup uh, just because a guy happens to be from a high-profile program right now that he's going to – necessarily be a huge dude for you uh, when you get them to Lincoln. Yeah, it's interesting because at that spot, depending on what Nebraska plays defensively, they don't have any juniors or seniors. Your oldest guys are Butler and Gunnarsson, and that includes Kai Wallen. Uh, real quick, though, BC, before we get you out, if iron sharpens iron and sometimes you get sparks, how important was it for Casey Thompson to come back and, and be the guy that can that can compete with Sims and, and that quarterback room that appears to be pretty deep right now? I mean, I love it. If, if his dad has said that he's planning on coming back, he might miss the spring as he recovers from his surgery. Um, but yeah, I mean, you take all the guys that are yeah have potential uh, that you can at that position. Now it was interesting on December 21st when Matt Rule had his press conference. I, I know people were listening closely, and it, it was clear that they think a whole lot of Jeff Sin yeah. and what he could possibly be. And, uh, you know, when it came to Casey, he said a nice line or two, but it, it didn't go too deep into it, um, which is fine. I wouldn't read too much into that. But um, anybody who thought that this is just, like, Casey's job, 
uh, when he gets healthy and Jeff Sims is like option two. I don't know. I think it's going to be a real dogfight, and uh, that's good. And um, uh, there needs to be more of that around this program. There needs to be those position groups where you feel like, hey, there's two or three really good options here. It's going to be tough to decide. And um, somebody who's second on that line uh, is someone we're still going to feel good about. So uh, hopefully that plays out like it looks like it might. Brian, you're the man. We appreciate your time. Thanks, guys. Thanks, B. We will talk to you next week. Brian Christofferson, senior writer for Husker247.com. Toss him a follow on Twitter at Husker247BC. Coming up next, our good friend Kevin Suits, also in the Lincoln area. We'll talk to him on Coffee and Cream here on Hale Varsity Radio.